You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Where today we are at the culmination of our week of prayer and fasting. If you visited, we were fasting and praying throughout the week. So we were building up to today. Let me tell you this, there is a power here today that is not a widespread. God is doing something. Off the back of the fasting and praying, the Holy Spirit is moving here. And we've seen that at the earlier service and we see it at this one as well. So God is doing something. When you fast and when you pray, you show God you mean business. And you know, the Lord is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So many here have been diligently seeking the Lord and today he is rewarding us with his presence and with his ear open to our prayers. Hallelujah. And so today, that's what we're about. I want to welcome everyone on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, on podcast, and everyone up in the atrium watching in up there as well. So you and I, God has given us hands, and we're going to reach out our hands today to do something symbolic, to reflect on the outside what's happening inside. And I'm going to look at that briefly, and we want to give enough time so that you can um, go to the various prayer stations. But before I begin proper, uh, I just want to mention something that I remember from my childhood. My dad and mum came from West Cork, and my grandfather and uncles had a farm there. And I remember going there in the summer, and I would help them in the field. And I remember one big field where... Granddad was growing sugar beet, and I would help them there. And one day I looked over, and in the corner of the field was a rocky place that was wild, and there was no crop growing there. And I asked Granddad, and I said, what's that corner? I remember my granddaddy, the same name as me, Tom Burke, he said, that's the hare's corner. In other words, it was a corner that was only good for weeds and wildlife. You couldn't grow anything there. And it was a triangular shape up against a rock. So you just couldn't see any fruit come of it. And I believe that many of us here today have a hair's corner in our lives. You know, Jesus said, by the fruit you will know if someone is his disciple. What's the fruit? It's the evidence in your life, your attitude. Amen? Amen. Your good works, your willingness to give, your willingness to encourage others. That's how we know. That's the fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, understanding, kindness, gentleness, self-control. You can read it in Galatians. Jesus cursed the fig tree because it had no fruit and it was meant to have fruit in season. So I want to speak into the hare's corner in your life because I believe God doesn't want anyone to have a wild corner of your life. We'll say amen. Amen. You know what I mean. It's that thing that's just out of control. It's that aspect of you that you're really not very proud of. But we can bring it to God today and you and I have opportunity. I'm going to be looking at just a few verses from Exodus 4, 1 to 5. And as we look at them, let's just put it in context. Moses is one of the heroes of the Old Testament and he had made a mess of his life. Maybe like you. He, in fact, murdered a guy. Don't know if anyone here has murdered anyone. Probably not. 
But he had murdered someone and he had messed up his life, even though he had so many advantages. And he went and he was living a quiet life in the desert as a shepherd. But God wasn't finished with him yet. And God broke into his life. And we were praying all week for breakthrough. I've been speaking to many of you. And so many people have said to me, I've had a breakthrough this week. Hallelujah. Prayer works. It works. Prayer works. And Moses was hiding way out there. And God appeared to him and intervened with him and broke into his life. And we're going to pick up on a very short part of the conversation that Moses had with God. Because God said, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt. Back to the land you came from. I want you to be the leader. And to say to the king or pharaoh of Egypt, Let, come on, you know it. Let my Let my people go. He's still saying that today. Let my people go and but first Moses you got to talk to the leaders of Israel of the Israelites they were the people who were enslaved there and Moses doubted himself but really he was doubting God that what was that's what was really going on so may God bless his word to our souls Exodus 4 we jump in in the conversation Moses asked the Lord but what if the Israelites say, the Lord never spoke to you. What's in your hand, Moses? The Lord asked. It's a shepherd's stick, he replied. Let it go, said the Lord. As Moses obeyed and he let it go, it changed into a snake and he ran from it. But the Lord said, reach out your hand and take it. As Moses did so, the Lord changed it back into a stick. Now with this, they will believe, said the Lord. So this is a short excerpt from the conversation, but it's powerful. If you want to get the full impact, read Exodus 4. I love the burning bush. It is deeply symbolic. I hope to cover it soon in a message. But we see straight away Moses comes up with what many people have here today. What if? What if it's cancer? What if she leaves me? What if I lose my job? What if my friends talk about me behind my back? What if in the office or in my workplace it gets toxic? What if I fail the exam? What if they say, the Lord never spoke to you? I, I want to nail this old lie because this is so classic from the evil one. Right at the beginning, Satan said to Eve, has God really said? That's what if. What if God didn't say it? And right at the beginning, he sows this lie. And if I have any experience over the last 40 odd years, and if I have any knowledge of scripture, I promise you, at least half of us here have got a what if going on in our heads or our hearts. What if? What if? We need to let go of the what ifs here today because there is no life and no future with your what ifs or with my what ifs. 
What if the Lord never, they said the Lord never spoke to you? What's in your hand, Moses? asked the Lord. It's a shepherd's stick, he replied. What's in your hand? You see, Moses had a shepherd's stick or staff in his hand. And in that culture, part of your identity was what you did. So if you were a fisherman, you had a fishing net. If you were a carpenter, you had a hammer. If you were a shepherd, you had a shepherd's staff. It was part of your identity. Now Moses was raised in the court of Pharaoh in Egypt. And he was raised basically to be a leader of the most powerful nation on earth. Moses was raised for the diplomatic service. And yet here he is as a shepherd. He was not fulfilling his destiny because he had run away from the mess he had made. But God broke through into his life and he breaks through today as well. Hallelujah. Because he wants you to have your destiny. What's in your hand, Moses? In other words, who are you? What do you want? And I ask you that question today. Who are you? What do you want here? Very reasonable. And you see, Moses said it's a shepherd's stick. He wasn't pretending. Moses came honestly and genuinely. Moses didn't put on a fake face. He was who he was. He owned who he was. He said, I'm just a shepherd. What about all your education, Moses? What about all the advantages? What about the miraculous escape right at your birth? Was that all for nothing? Was that all for you to hide out in the wilderness and look after a few sheep? Do you not think I've got more of a calling for your life? But Moses came as he was. And because he was honest, and you and I, as we interact with these symbolic prayer stations today, we've got to be honest. We've got to come as we are. We come as we are, but it doesn't mean we leave as we are. Amen. Because the God I read in the Bible changes people. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He changes futures. He changes marriages. Amen. He changes people's health and careers and study and friendships and ministry. Yes. It's a shepherd's stick. Let it go, God said. Let it go. And as Moses obeyed, see that? It changed. When we let go, brothers and sisters, we let God. In other words, you and I were never called to control all of our lives. We were never called. Yeah, we've got to have some self-control, but we can't control all of the external factors. We can't control COVID. We can't control the war in Ukraine. We can't control the economy, etc., etc. And one of the big triggers, apparently, for people who self-harm or suffer from anxiety or depression, or even people with some addictions, is because they can't control the circumstances in their lives. And you know, if that's you, you can live your whole life with that if you want, but can you hear my words today? Because this is a lifeboat for you. Let go and let God. Amen. He'll control your life. Amen. And he's way better at it than you and me. Because he sees the future, we don't. When you let go and you let God, you allow God into your life. You allow God to move in a deeper way. And I speak to Christians as well. You open a door in the spiritual realm 
for God to move in a more powerful way. So you and I are called to let go. Let go in forgiveness. We have, an un we have a forgiveness table here. And basically you take one of these sheets that says, I forgive. Most people have to forgive someone at some stage. Matthew 6, 12. And you just think of the person or the people who hurt you. And you go, I forgive Michael O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you know what? I have nothing to forgive you, comrade. You've been the best of friends. God bless you. But I can't joke because we've got that openness with one another, really. Um, but you just think of the person who hurt you. You crumple it up. I love that. And you say, I forgive that person in Jesus' name. I don't forget. I'm not going to be a fool and a doormat for them to do something to me again. But I forgive. And I put it in the bin. Can I ask you, walk away and leave it here in Grace Church. Don't bring it home with you. Because it will fester, it's poisonous, and you become the prisoner of it. Let go of the unforgiveness. Let go of your burden. Have you a heavy burden for someone you love? Well, take one of these stones that represents the burden and leave it at the foot of the cross. Now, this isn't the cross of Calvary, but it's a reminder, it's a symbol of it. And leave your burden here. Maybe it's for yourself, maybe it's for someone else. Let it go. Let go your burden and ask God to take it. What about doubt? These are the what ifs. What if she doesn't love me? Will I ever meet someone I can marry? Will I ever get that breakthrough in my job? Will I ever get over that health issue? Will my son or my daughter ever connect with me again? I don't know what it is, but give it over to God. Because what if will ruin your life? It will. It will rob you of your peace and drain you of your confidence and you will become a shadow of the person God always wanted you to be. Because that whisperer, who's known as the father of what? Lies. Will keep on saying what if to you. Let go your doubt. Let go your pride. Let go your isolation. We've had two years where a lot of people were forced to isolate. Maybe it's time that you moved out of the isolation because we can get comfortable that way. Moses was very comfortable by the campfire out in the desert. He had a grand, quiet life. He had nobody bothering him. He was responsible for no one. Just a couple of sheep. Sure, what a grand old life it is. Looking up at the stars. And then God said, I want to give you a burden, if you will, and go back into Egypt. And he had to deal with all of that. You know, isolation is never good. Isolation leads to what? Assassination. It'll assassinate your soul if we're too out of it. Maybe you need the Holy Spirit to come into your life. We have here candles. It's just like the North Chapel. Hey! Now these aren't lit with a, a match, they're lit by battery. And you literally just flick them on and they come on like that. Why are we doing it? We want to say to the Lord, come Holy Spirit. Because some of us need the Holy Spirit in our lives in a more powerful way. Do you need a miracle? It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do you need patience? 
come Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Do you need to speak in tongues because it's never happened to you? Call on the Holy Spirit. There are many things. Do you need consolation and comfort because of grieving? Come Holy Spirit so you can light the candle. We will have Matthias and Audrey to help you if it's a little bit um, tricky for you to do it. But say a prayer, light a candle. I'm going to light one right now and say, come Holy Spirit. You know the area you need in your life. I know the area I need in my life for the Holy Spirit to come. So brothers and sisters, what will you let go of today? After a week of prayer and fasting, are you really going to skip this opportunity with the spiritual foundation that has been put in with hundreds of people praying and fasting all week? We would be foolish if we didn't take advantage or make the most of what's here today. And what will you give over to God? Because you and I will be free men and free women if we give God our burdens. Hallelujah. Would anyone say amen? amen. And when Moses reached out again, the Lord changed it again. Sometimes when you and I let go of something, it doesn't turn out immediately great. It's challenging. It's uncomfortable. We're stretched. We're a bit uneasy. That's okay. Moses didn't like the snake. Snakes can kill. But God changed it back again. Sometimes God will test you and me. And allow him to. Amen? Allow God to do it. And as he sees that you're faithful, he said, reach out again. He was testing to see if Moses still had the faith. So Moses reaches out to catch a snake by the tail. Now, I've never seen a snake. Hallelujah. Well, not the animal form, anyway. Um, hmm? That's your thought now, not mine. Thank you, St. Patrick. Anyway, he reached out and he grabbed the snake by the tail. So what, do you, what happens when you grab a snake by the tail? It's going to bite you, isn't it? You're going to be poisoned. But he had enough faith in God. And God will stretch you if you do business here today. He'll stretch you and he'll see, are you really? Do you really love me, Peter? Do you, do you filio me? Do you agape me? Do you really love me? Stretch out. You know what will happen? God will set you free. God will rescue you. The snake will not bite you. But you will be convinced, I have here a miracle in my hands. And Moses used that very same shepherd's staff to do miracles. And you can bring miracles into your workplace, your family, your school, your neighborhood. Because God will do it in you first. Hallelujah. So, as I come towards a conclusion, don't cling on to what you have. Because when we cling on, we don't allow God the freedom to move in our lives. Final point, and this is probably the hardest of all. Relationships go very deep. And when our emotions are involved, it's get, it gets even deeper. And sometimes in a relationship, it's just not working. And it could be your dad has no interest in you, or it could be husband or a wife, it could be a friend, it could be a son or a daughter or a sister or a brother who's just, it's like you're the one-way street, you ever, were you ever in that situation? You're doing all the moves and nobody's making any moves back. What do you do? You've got to let them go as well. 
And you let them go knowing that if it's God's will, he'll bring them back in their hearts. And then it'll come into their lives. And if it wasn't meant to be, you got to let them go. Steve Maraboli is a Christian writer and anthropologist. He says, letting go means realizing some people are part of your history, not part of your destiny. And that goes for ministry as well. It's never fixed in time. Constant change is here to stay. It is. And some of us don't like change. But you know, you're going to have to give that over to God as well. Because God will keep changing. Your body will keep changing. Your relationships will change and evolve. I mean, Denise and I are different people, aren't we, than who we were 40 years ago. I mean, we're the same in many ways, but we're very different. And so people change, your body changes, society around you changes. And so you have to realize some people were meant to be with you for a season. And you know, it might break your heart. Make sure you're not the one doing the rejecting unless you really have to. But if they're not interested, let them go. God will have someone better for you. Who'll say amen? He'll have someone better. And maybe he will restore them in time. So today, we're going to invite you to interact symbolically. Now, please don't say to me, I don't know about all these symbols. It sounds very Catholic or whatever. You know? um, let me tell you this. Bread and wine are symbols. Being baptized in water is a symbol. The anointing of oil is a symbol. The washing of feet is a symbol. Jesus said, I am the way. I am a gate. I am a door. I am a shepherd. Jesus wasn't a shepherd. He was a carpenter. So right throughout the Bible, in the Old and the New Testament, we are symbolically, God reaches out to us symbolically to help us on our spiritual journey. You're on a journey. I'm on a journey. And the symbols are just there to help us. There's nothing holy. I mean, there's nothing holy in the candle. It's just a symbol to help us get it. In theology, it's called anthropomorphism. It's where God uses a concept or a word to connect with us. It's not it, but it'll help us understand. So that's why we're often uh, called like a vine and a fruitful vine growing over the wall. I mean, not physically, but spiritually. So it's right throughout the Bible. So don't let the evil one trip you up. Don't let your own prejudice stop you from making the most out of what God is going to do here today. We also have some prayer stations upstairs in the atrium. Joe is out here at the door. He'll direct you up there. Up there we have our prayer board where you write out your prayer on a post-it pad uh, sticker and you put it up on the board. So don't write out, Lord, get Mary O'Brien. She gave me a hard time. Vengeance, no, Lord. Don't write that down. Just write, vengeance on Mary, okay? <laughs> or employment for Patrick, or healing for Sheila, whatever it is. That, that's the idea. You know the prayer, God knows the prayer. But you put it up there. We're going to leave the board up there. You know what I'd love to see happen? When there's an answer, you put the answer up there as well. How about that? Amen? And maybe the answer will be next week, or maybe it'll be in a couple of months. But this board is upstairs and it's there for prayers and for answered prayer. We also have different lines running across up there where you get a coloured ribbon and you tie the ribbon on the line. Why? For Thanksgiving. 
Because it's not all about what we need. It's about giving back as well. Amen? And we thank God for answered prayer. How many people here have ever, or let's say in the last few months, you've seen a prayer answered in your life? Okay, so that's about two-thirds of us. Praise God. And you know, for the other third, God will answer your prayers too. Amen? Amen. So we want to thank God. So you can hang a ribbon from the line, and it represents you saying, Thank you, Jesus, for answered prayer in my life. The other, the sixth prayer station, as it were, is Michael and I are going to stand in the aisles here, the two center aisles. And for those who want it, we're going to anoint you with oil. And we're going to pray a very short blessing over you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you don't want it, no problem, just walk past the queue. But you can come up and use these. But we'll be here to do it. I'm going to wear a mask. I'm just wearing a mask today so that anyone who is vulnerable in their health, if you feel it's a bit safer, then you have that option if you want. But whatever you're comfortable with is fine. And can I say finally that as the band come up, if you could come up, uh, guys, um, you can have four or five people laying a burden or lighting candles. It's not just one. So just don't feel uncomfortable with standing next to someone to do it. Say your prayer. Do it symbolically. Reach your hands out to God and, and leave it here. Embrace Christian Church and let God move.